So, Jolan, me being the stat geek and all that, I yes. thought that I'd hit you with <laughs> some factual statements to begin this episode. I love stats and facts. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, right, dear. <laughs> so the thing is, right, that this time last year, Alexander Ovechkin and Barry Trotz had never experienced hockey beyond the second round of the playoff series. That is a fact. Wow. Another fact is that our beloved Toronto Maple Leafs have not won a series since 2004, and Boston has won five straight series against Toronto since 1969. Okay, I'm not enjoying these so far. But the more interesting thing is how many people are going to be making their debut in the playoffs, mm. including four of 16 coaches that have never coached in the playoffs. Wow. How's that for starters? That's amazing. So, wow, that's incredible. The amount of... Well, I'm sure these people have been around hockey and have been around playoff hockey before, but, yeah, that's going to be... It's going to be really interesting that they're going to be pitching up against some, well, presumably some very experienced coaches as well. Well, that's... Uh, the book stops or the puck stops with them, doesn't it? <laughs> Superb. Anyway, talking about coaches... There's a few changes up top. We'll be uh, covering a bit of that. And I have a really awesome number for you, which will be painful for you to swallow, Jolon. Oh, no. I'm going to tell you how much the Leafs paid for William Nylander per goal this season. Ugh, I do not want to hear what that number is. Okay, so, and also we're going to be talking about, obviously talking about the playoffs, teeing those up nicely as we are on the eve of the playoffs starting. And we're going to be having a look at our uh, playoff bracket as well, which we want you to get involved with too. I haven't done mine yet. Um, and we'll come on and talk about a little bit more about that in a bit. Absolutely. Another episode. Can you believe it? We've done a whole regular season of NHL fans from afar. Now the fun begins. So I'm hanging out uh, in my hotel room. Yeah, where are you? Um, I, I'm in Newcastle. Actually, technically, I'm in Gateshead. So I'm ah, looking yes. at uh, the bridge and the Sage Gateshead outside my window today. So, you know, out on the road. I'm very jealous. I, I spent a period on the road for about two years, actually, and uh, I never got to go to Newcastle. And it was one of the places that I really wanted to go as part of my trip around the country. Yeah, I'm going to go on a little trip to the beach tomorrow. I'm going to go to Tynemouth. Oh, how very nice. Some are a bit good, don't they? My biggest achievement today was that I lasted 20 minutes in the sauna. (laughs) Obviously, I've done some work as well. I was going to say, yeah, and, you know, obviously did do some other work as well. Um, That's the dream, isn't it, being able to work from a spa. That would be the, uh, whatever job it would be, that would be great. I think the dream is that I'd like to work more from home so that in the next few weeks I can self-schedule my work around a playoff schedule. Uh, because yes. I've been thinking a lot about this, right? And you know how back in the day people used to go and buy the Radio Times at Christmas and then they'd get their pencil out and they'd circle all the things they wanted and schedule their video player to record all the films and the programmes they wanted. Like that kind of minute detail that people used to go to. I feel like I'm starting to look at my diary and plan. And then you have to do the extra level of planning of the what-ifs that goes to game five, six and seven. So I've got weird systems going on in my personal diary right now of question marks and different colours. Like for key game, if I've got time, watch it game. So (laughs) it's just getting a little bit insane, but um, I'm absolutely going to have to turn off all notifications. I must remember, in fact, I'm going to do it now on my NHL app. I'm going to turn off, um, I'm going to turn on hide scores because I turned it off the last couple of weeks. Right. Dangerous. I'm entering dangerous territory. I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. How are you going to do it? Well, I don't know. So I kind of alluded to this in uh, in the last week's podcast that I've got a, a temporary, albeit temporary, nine to five job at the moment, um, which is uh, great for the amount of sleep I'm getting. However, um, it has made watching hockey actually quite difficult. Um, and with the playoffs around the corner, I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. I'm having to get to the point where I think, do I watch it late at night? Or do I get up really, really early and then work a full day? Um, 
So for the last few weeks, I've kind of been a bit, or the last week or so, I've been a bit slapdash of watching Leafs games. I've watched some and I've watched highlights, but now it's playoff time. I've got no choice and I fear the Leafs' time in the playoffs is going to be very limited, so I need to make the most of it. Mm. Um, um, so yeah, I think I'm going to just go for, I'm probably going to go for the really early starts, I think, um, just because you can skip advert breaks and things like that. So save a little bit of time. Um, but it depends. The games at the weekend, obviously, they're going to be uh, they're going to be the great ones because I'll probably just stay up and watch those. Because then, of course, you can follow it along on Twitter, which is part of the fun. Yeah, um, I'm really. I mean, we should probably just crack on with like who's actually made the playoffs. Yeah, really, we should, shouldn't, shouldn't we? we? Yeah. We I should. mean, forget forget the rest of the fifteen. I'm sorry if your team is one of the fifteen, but it's yeah. time to get down to business because, frankly, the regular season is nothing but a rehearsal. For the actual dance. Well, it seems that it. way because if you didn't make the playoffs, you've lost your coach pretty much. If, if the last <laughs> week is anything to go by, um, just showing how much that really does mean to people. You only have to look at kind of Montreal and how close they came at the weekend um, to actually getting in to show how much that does mean to teams to get in. So, yeah, you're right. Let's go through it. So I'll start with a couple. So we've obviously got um, in the Atlantic Division, we've got an Atlantic Division matchup of Boston versus the Maple Leafs. And that one starts off on Thursday. And then Tampa Bay take on Columbus. Columbus, that team, were so desperately trying to get in the playoffs, but while at the same time desperately trying to avoid Tampa. They didn't do it. They did get in the playoffs. They are facing Tampa in the first round. Yeah. See, so a couple of things about these two different matchups, right? Boston-Toronto, what I hadn't really thought about was Babcock's role in this because he's obviously the most expensive coach in the NHL right now. But he has failed to win a playoff round since 2013. That was when he was in Detroit. And actually, he's he's never had a second round or, no, he's never had a second round win since 2009. Mm. So he personally will want to get back to having success. It doesn't matter what you've done over 10 years ago, but he's not had the best 10 years in playoffs. Um, I thought what was interesting about the Tampa-Columbus meetup, because obviously Columbus made it through with literally just a game, a day to spare, didn't they? They just got through. And and I like the way that in the shootout, in order for them to get there, who were the two key players that actually made it happen? Mm -hmm. Panarin and Bobrovsky. Yeah. It was all down to them. Panarin scored the um, winning goal and Borowski kept the minute, you know, to get them through the shootout. So, but the fact that they've never won a playoff round, and I did see about the Tampa-Columbus matchup, that um, Tampa have outscored Columbus 17-3 this season. Eesh. Yeah, that's pretty painful. Whereas you look at other matchups, like we'll come, to, we'll stick with the East, the Pittsburgh New York Islanders. They are two teams that are actually this season very, very similarly matched. Both won two piece when they've met early in the regu- regular season. So, so yeah. With, so with that, with Tampa, Claire, this is a question that I've been kind of uh, grappling as a Leafs fan, but I guess it's applicable to any team. Losing to Tampa Bay, let's say Tampa Bay continue on the form that they had in the regular season and they are as good and they don't kind of flop or there's no kind of disasters injury-wise. Is losing to Tampa... Can a, Sorry, let me rephrase the question. Can at any point in the playoffs losing to Tampa be seen as a failure? I.e., Columbus in round one. If you lose to Tampa... Is that a failure of a season or the Leafs in round two or Boston in round two? Because Tampa are so good. Is it just one of those years that you just go, do you know what? We just faced a juggernaut in that round. No, because when you look over history, you never you never look at those, de- those details. What will be next season will be Columbus have still never won a playoff round. They won't remember, yeah. oh, yeah, but they did. They were playing Tampa last year. No one ever remembers those details. And um, and the other thing that I also um, learned as well, that only one team in the last decade who got the President's Trophy went on to win the Stanley Cup. And that was in the 2013 um, when it was the shortened season because of the lockout and it was Chicago. So, you know, statistically, it doesn't mean it's a guarantee. It doesn't matter that uh, Nikita Kucherov's got 128 points, 41 goals and 87 assists it doesn't matter it does that that they've got 62 wins um so either way i for me 
the Tampa and the Columbus one, if I had to put a second matchup that I want to watch, other than my own team, Toronto uh, yeah. you know, and Boston, I feel like for me, Tampa and Columbus are the ones that I want to watch as my second, my kind of, if I've got time, backup game. I, th- I think Tampa will just blow them out of the water. I really do. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to say I think Tampa are going to win the Stanley Cup because... Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at their regular season performances, then they are. But you're right. You you know, you pointed out a stat that says often it's not the President's Trophy winning team that wins the Stanley Cup. Ask any Washington fan. Um, I think in that matchup, the Leafs-Boston, I mean, as a, as a fan, obviously, I want every, every part of me wants the Leafs to win it and slay that dragon for them. And I think, you know, forgetting the fact that I'm a Leafs fan and we're both Leafs fans, I think that will be a fascinating series. I'm not just saying it because I'm a fan of one of the teams. I think it will be fascinating. There's so much riding in that and there are so many uh, storylines that have already kind of been built from last year and even going back to 2013. So I think that will be a fascinating series. I, in my bracket, I'm putting Tampa to beat Columbus hands down. I don't even think it's going to be close. Yeah, yeah. But How many games? If I had to guess, I think Columbus probably will only win one. Wow. Okay. I I've just not been. I just. I. I've just been waiting all the way along for the kind of the Columbus, you know, uh, the surge, the kind of right. We we've got. We've been given the tools. Let's go and do this. And it's just never really happened. They kind of limped their way to into the playoffs. And yeah, they beat Montreal in that key game. So I guess that was a, a positive sign. But. I don't know. Interesting. I, I, yeah. yeah, well, I do think if it is an absolute clear cut that Columbus don't win a single game in mm. this first playoff, and I and then I think they go and lose Panarin, Bobrovsky, and maybe even Tortorella. Oh, yeah, I think it gone. could be a full clear out for Columbus um, because there's no more. There's no other options that they could. They put all in. Mm. There's nothing more they can do. Yeah, so I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised with that either. I think so the other the other team. So we mentioned New York Islanders, Pittsburgh, um, and also Washington and Carolina. Um, I didn't realize actually for Carolina Hurricanes, it's the first time in playoffs since two thousand and nine. Yeah, um, and eleven players are actually making their playoff debuts. They have no playoff experience. Eleven wow. players, and of course, one uh, and the other person is their coach, um, yeah. Rod Brindamore. Yeah. If that's how you say yeah, his name. Brindamore, yeah. He he's not got playoff experience, so it's quite an exciting time. I know they've kind of pulled the storm surge, haven't they? They want to kind of get down to business and not really be seen as like the the goofy team. That this is serious for them. That they they want to do something. And but wasn't that maybe... so well handled? Wasn't that that the it was just so well done that that came from Justin Williams' Twitter account and. You know, it wasn't a big deal. It was just a kind of like, look, we've had this fun. This has been great. Thank you for getting on board with it. We've really enjoyed it. But now, do you know what? We have we have got a race to get into the playoffs, and that is the thing that we want to be concentrating on. So they've they've just in one tweet taken away that any negative that came with that storm surge, which you know had so many positives as well. And I just think they've got a really good feeling about them. And the fact that they were the ones to clinch a playoff spot ahead of Columbus and ahead of Montreal, ultimately, I just... And the fact that they avoided Tampa as well in the first round, so they got that advantage. I just think there's quite a good feeling around Columbus... uh, Sorry, around Carolina. And... I don't know. I I would love to see Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> you just hate that. Alex Ovechkin, don't you? I mean... Yeah, I do. I do. And then the thing is, like, he's he's so incredible because this is his eighth yeah. season, eighth time he scored over fifty goals in yeah, a season. Which is just so he's on it. Like... But remember, Washington Caps coach it ha- also is new, doesn't yeah. have playoff experience. Todd yeah. Ridden. Yeah. So actually, this matchup is basically the new guys on the block versus each other. Yeah. So. But it just so happens that one of the teams has won a cup I just, pretty I, recently. It's when when I look through this, so scrolling through on my NHL app now and looking at these matchups, I just, I just can't wait. Like, I don't know how I'm going to consume all of this stuff, like we said right at the beginning, but I just can't wait because there's so many great storylines. And I think that's one of the things that this podcast has, has done for me this year. I feel so much more engaged with the rest of the NHL as opposed to normally around this time of year. I mean, it's a rarity that the Leafs get to the playoffs for me as a fan, so I guess that's a bonus. Maybe I just switched off at this time of year. But I think the fact that we've done this podcast and we've heard from so many different fans over the season, 
I feel so much more engaged and invested in other people's seasons. And so, you know, looking at the Penguins and the Islanders, you know, I wouldn't really have any interest in that other than maybe the Tavares thing this year. But actually, because we had guys on from those teams, like, I feel there is an investment that I've got in that. So I want to follow that. There aren't enough hours in the day to do this and have a full-time job. But, I yeah, I can't wait to test the boundaries of that. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing with New York Islanders as well is that they've been jumping between two different stadiums as well. Yeah, I know. And that's going to continue. Did you see that tweet? Did you see what? that tweet from the Penguins? No. I put it onto our, um, our Twitter account, at NHL Fans From Afar. Um, let me just find it. It was just beautiful. Uh, right, okay. So uh, something like the Pittsburgh Penguins tweeted... Um, the New York Islanders saying, see you in Long Island at New York Islanders. And a little caption of round one of the playoffs, of the playoff matchup when it was confirmed. And New York Islanders thought, nah, we could be funny here and put in brackets on Long Island, not in Long Island, okay? Mm. So they kind of, you know, correcting God. grammar on Twitter, which is a dangerous game to play because, you know, you've, you've started a war now. And the Pittsburgh Penguins replied beautifully going, yes, on Long Island. That's our bad. Although, it's hard for us to keep track of where you guys are playing these days, which is excellent. <laughs> Just love it. Some nice, uh, nice, light-hearted trolling on Twitter from NHL teams is a wonderful thing. Yeah, because I was looking, I think their record at the Barclays Centre is better than when they're at the Nissau Coliseum, and that's where they start their playoff mm. uh, run. So, whether you know, in this game, there is a lot of superstition, isn't there? Yeah, there is. So, you know, it just adds another dimension. And the fact that it's Barry Trotz as well. I mean, if New York Islanders win and Washington win, then we're going to see New York Islanders be Washington, which is really exciting yeah. for the Barry yeah. Trotz thing. So I really like it. Um, but, you know, I mean, it, it's hard to know New York Islanders and Pittsburgh. I, I would like to see New York Islanders go through. Um, but mm. I just feel that maybe Pittsburgh are a little bit more stable and consistent, although they've had a bit of a dip. They've come back from injuries, though, haven't they? And yeah, kind of picked up a bit. I don't know. I think that's also it's it's not really the one that I'm most interested about, but it's quite a close one. Yeah, I think that one's going to be really interesting. Washington. I mean, the Islanders, Penguins. Yeah, like you, I kind of I'd like to see the Islanders get through um, just for something different. Um, but Pittsburgh are doing that thing where they're kind of coming good at the right time, and yeah, who knows? I don't, I don't know with that one. Um, that's going to be one of those, I think, coin tosses for my bracket um, either way. Yeah. And Washington, Carolina, I think that's going to be my upset. in Because you know how in the bracket you've always got to put one upset because there's usually <laughs> always one early round upset. And I'm putting down that Carolina take out Washington. Well, see, I've actually done two brackets, okay? Oh, and I've right. called them weird names. So I've called them wishful thinking yeah. and praying for a miracle. Um, well, aren't, and they, aren't they both the same thing and Toronto gets through to play like, Calgary in the final? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we already know that I'm way more pessimistic than you. I would rather blindly. put them to die in my bracket yeah. and then get joy you, in winning yeah. a bracket. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> but um, my wishful thinking, I actually put Columbus to uh, go past Tampa. No. Yeah. It's not going to happen, Claire. That's a waste <laughs> of a bracket. <laughs> <laughs> ah, whatever. Let's look at the West. Andre Vasilevsky. That's the only word, two words I'll say to you to that. Yeah. No way. No Let's go West. Way. Okay. In the... uh, where I can't remember the next no, one. I was, song. To, I was trying to think of that line of that song as well. Life, Life is, is peaceful, peaceful there. there. Yeah. There well, we it go. wasn't. No. It wasn't at the weekend because the Central Division, literally, the positioning was down to like the last second, wasn't it? Oh. I mean, Winnipeg and St. Louis. Lewis Blues. Saint that was Lewis, decided. Man, that's just crazy. How do you how do you end up? You know, how do you start the year, as in the calendar year, being bottom of the NHL and then winning your division or your conference? And sorry, you've division. got a, a backup goalie, Jordan Binnington, who now is a Calder Trophy candidate um, and is smashing shutouts. And everyone's like, "Hey, who is he? We keep talking about him." That guy you is know. getting paid next year. Yeah. And Winnipeg have been pretty much consistently up there throughout the whole yeah. season, I think. Although um, a bit disappointed with Winnipeg, though, 
because someone I thought they were going to take the first place. Yeah, and I someone thought that was an easy walk for them. Someone was saying the other day I was listening to some Toronto fans moaning about um our end to the season and somebody did point out and they said, "Well, yeah, but hang on a minute. If you put us into the central division, we win we win like we win it outright." And you think, "Well, all right, okay." Like so I don't know. It's a bit of a it's for a, for a division with Nashville, Winnipeg and St. Louis in it. He kind of expected it to be a little bit stronger on the points front. But amazing mm. how close it came down to Nashville just picking it at the end. So Nashville, Dallas. Okay. Yeah. This is an interesting one, isn't it? Um it's yeah, I was looking at Dallas and they've kind of come up trumps and been a bit of a surprise. And yeah. there's been some real kind of dum 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 East Ender moments for them this season, hasn't there? When yeah. the was it the GM? <laughs> Pretty much slapped off his star. Yeah, his star players. But Jamie Benn actually has only ever played in 19 playoff games ever. Wow. Um, yeah, and he is one of their stars and on yeah. this whopping amazing contract. And he's not, he's no way near statistically um, matched this season to what he had last season at all. Mm. But Nashville, I'm just bored with Nashville. And I really, I would like to see Dallas go through on this and upset Nashville mm. on on my kind of more sensible um brackets I put Nashville to go all the way um Have you? to yes not to wow. win but all the way to the final um as I kind of followed it through mm. um but I don't know I, I haven't really looked into Nashville that much I'm not necessarily excited by them maybe I'm missing out I also equally detest P.K. Subban, not as much as I detest Alex Ovechkin. But everybody has that kind of irritable player, and I just I hate the brand well, more than the player. But, he's not know. had a great year. He's one of the reasons why Nashville Injuries, hasn't... Injuries, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he hasn't had a great year. Um, no, I've been a little bit disappointed with Nashville, um, and I was chatting to Matt Day, somebody who's been on this podcast and is, is very active in our Slack group earlier, who's a Dallas fan. Um, and I was asking him about how he felt about that matchup against uh, Nashville. And he said, best possible matchup for the Stars. Um, start a real rivalry before the Winter Classic, which is a very good point, uh, which is next year. And also he said, our record against the Preds is pretty even. We're playing our best hockey now. So he hopes he'll give them a good go. Um, yeah, I, I'm... For the bracket, I'm really struggling with this one because I kind of think almost is I don't think it's a huge upset. I don't see it as a Carolina, uh, like a Carolina Washington upset, but I think I would put Dallas down as getting through. Like, well, the thing is, good you look at Nashville, Dallas, Winnipeg, St. Louis Blues. Mm. Now, out of all the four, who do I want to go through out of those four? Actually, Nashville is the one that I least want to go through. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, Winnipeg would be great for Canada they were such a good story though weren't they a few years ago I mean they did that thing they beat the team beat Chicago in round one when they just snuck in through the wild card and then went on this incredible run all the way to the Stanley Cup final yeah. and they were you know the the fans are supposed to be amazing there the stadium is rocking during the playoffs and all that kind of stuff so I don't know why maybe it's just I'm not sure they're a team that I think suffers a little bit from the eastern bias that I have of you know focusing on the Eastern Conference, I kind of I've missed out on the whole Nashville, the fun that they bring, um, and I think a little bit of it was taken away by Vegas as well because Nashville had this incredible story, and then a the year later Vegas just trumped it. <laughs> like, yeah, it I mean the, the, the one story. thing with Nashville is they've got Pekka Rene, and he's an yeah. incredible goalie to watch. Of that, you know, he deserves personally some success, um, and has been you know whiskers away. Forgive mm. the. That's a terrible pun for a, a cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh dear, carry on. <laughs> um, so, and then the fact that it, I mean, has he hasn't got a Stanley Cup? Has he? He's just got uh, no, the Vezina so. Trophy. I don't think that he's got a cup. But you no. know, we talked about Carey Price many times on this yeah. podcast, and here's a guy who absolutely deserves to get that disgusting ring that you get. Huh. Um, for his career, yeah. you know. So for me, he is what I think of when I think Nashville Predators. And he is an incredible player. I've always enjoyed watching him um, at All-Star as well. Yeah. 
I do you know what I'm getting? Well, this is a subject for another day, but I'm getting, I'm getting to the point now where I don't really believe in the whole you have, you have to win a cup to be a great player. Like the more and more I think about it, and the more I think about players like Carey Price, and okay, he's still got plenty of time to do it, and Pecorino, if he hasn't won one yet, there's plenty of time for him. But I think of someone like Henrik Lundqvist, and he's not going to win a Stanley Cup now. Like the Rangers are in full rebuild mode, it's going to be a few years before they're contending again. Lundqvist will, you know. He's not going to be. If he stays with the Rangers, which I think he probably will, for me, looking at his career, I almost think that if he sticks it out with the Rangers and just sees them through these next few years of a rebuild, I think that almost adds more to his greatness as a player than a Stanley Cup with a team that's really good. Like if he just got transferred to a team who were nearly there and he was just the the difference. I don't know. There's part of me that thinks that that should be weighted. Um, evenly as getting a Stanley Cup ring. I'm sure he would like one. But Well, so Pecorino is 36 years old. His contract comes up. Yeah, it comes He's up. 36? Um, yeah, 2020, wow. 21. And he was drafted by Nashville in 2004, round eight. They always are late, aren't they, Goldies? Yeah, they are. But he has been with Nashville through and through his whole career. Um, seven yeah. mil, his, uh, his cap hit is. But yeah, he's thirty six. So his, you would uh, think. What's his What's his figures been like this year? Uh, hold on know. a moment, caller. Um, he's got nine one eight save percentage. Mm. Fifty six games, so he's right up there. Yeah. So he's not. I mean, really, anything above nine is great, isn't it? But nine point one eight, it's not too bad. Last year was better. It was nine two seven. He yeah, had thirteen playoff games. Where you want to be really around that kind of. So, yeah, interesting, isn't it? Because you kind of think, will he get another big contract if he's 36? No, no chance. There you go. So, difference, you know. So, I'm going to go with Dallas beating Nashville, which I know will make Matt very happy. Um, (laughs) I'm not just doing it because we're about to spend a week together in a hostel in Slovakia. Um, But uh, I'm going to, yeah, I think I would go with Dallas, I think. Okay. Better well, let's story, look at it? the top then. Well, what so... about Winnipeg and St. Louis? I mean, that one's that one's nuts. Like Patrick Laine, is he going to turn up? Is he going to be firing on all cylinders? Uh, they the Jets have had injuries. Like they've had key players missing in the run-in, and St. Louis mm. have been on this incredible hot streak. Mm. Tough, isn't it? Tough. Um, yeah. What else we got? We've got Calgary and Colorado. I mean, wow. Colorado making <laughs> this this uh, playoff. And, of course, tomorrow night, we're recording this Monday night, but tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, oh, the man. draft lottery is announced, right? Yes. So you find out who the first, second, and third pick. Come on, Ottawa! Come on! Going to. <laughs> it's got to um, be. It's got to be. Somebody said, and I can't remember what it was, but I was just listening to some hockey podcast and someone was saying, it just has to be Ottawa because that is the story that everybody wants to tell. And it is. Ottawa traded away that first pick to Colorado. They've traded that guy away since they're not really got any return and then they're going to get the first overall and they're going to hand it over to Colorado on a plate. Oh, what a my story. God. What I a know. story. Well, Jack Cal- Hughes. Calgary, Colorado. I, I, I am, you know, potentially seeing that Colorado could no, be an upset. Claire, don't be ridiculous. Really? No, Calgary. Are, no, 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 no. No, Calgary fly through that series. You think? Yeah, full on, full all the way through. Yeah, Colorado is shaky. I don't. I, I've not been convinced by it. It's interesting talking to Stephen throughout the year and. He has, and seeing the way that they go hot and cold, and they were they were one of the worst teams I've seen play the Leafs this year in one of the games that they played. Um, and I just think Calgary are there's too many good players in that team. A goaltending is going to be key, and I think that could let Calgary get down potentially. But at least they've got two. They've got Mike Smith. They've got Riddich. They've got two options there. Um, no, Calgary get through that. I think with Colorado, the question mark is, uh, will Mikko Rantanen come back as well? Yeah, yeah, they need that top line, but they're they're a one-line team and that doesn't work in the playoffs. They just, 
it just doesn't work because you can normal normal rules don't apply in the playoffs. Well, I know, but that's what I mean. I just I just don't see how a one line team can can do it. Like Boston, you know, Boston were that one line team last year, and okay, they beat the Leafs in seven, but then they lost to Tampa. Um, oh, I feel I feel like there's going to be a future episode where I get to just clip you saying <laughs> that and just play it back to you. <laughs> when Colorado win the Stanley Cup <laughs> and get Jack Hughes. I mean, that yeah. would be a hell of a story. I'll give you that. I will eat my words quite happily if Colorado win the Stanley Cup and get Jack Hughes in the same year. I think that would be quite something. <laughs> uh, so then the other matchup, uh, they met in the second round last year, but now they're back in the first mm. round. So San Jose... And Vegas, um, they kick off on Wednesday. So the thing is, so Carlson um, ha- is going to be um, a free agent come July, isn't he? He's only played, tw- no, 27. He hasn't played 27 of 33 games since January the 19th. Well, they basically shut his season down pretty much till the playoffs, didn't they? They kind of said, well, he's not fit. So let's just get him ready for the playoffs. But from January, obviously, because he came back for a little bit. And but then is he, he going to come back now? Uh, I don't know. Have we heard? Is he is he back? Uh, I think it was rumoured. It was expected to because he came out and said, I won't be playing until the playoffs. So, I mean, the other mm. thing in Vegas, um, Fleury has been injured and has had hot, cold, not the best of seasons. They've got a, I can't remember who their backup is, which has kept them in, in, the, in the game, yeah. uh, kept them point, going through oh, points. But the, oh, the emphasis... Yeah, that's it. The emphasis, though, I think for Vegas is that they acquired this clever deal with Mark Stone mm. and they need that to pay off from Sens during the trade deadline. So they need him to shine. So there are a couple... It seems like um, individuals are kind of going to be quite interesting in this matchup. But from all of the... A lot of the uh, analysts are saying this matchup is very much around... Whoever keeps their defence together will go through, and stability and consistency of goalies. Mm. Actually, you know, Martin Jones, his save percentage, San Jose Sharks goaltender, his save percentage in the regular Has it season. Has gone back up? No, was was eight nine six, second to last amongst goalies who played at least forty six games. Only yeah. Jonathan Quick of the LA Kings, by the way, the crap LA Kings is worse. How? Hey, hang on, hang on, Martin Jones. You mean not Mark Jones? Sorry, um, Martin Jones. Yeah, 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 Martin Jones. But in the la- in the March starts, his save percentage was up to nine three four. So he yeah. had when the when it needed to you know step up, he was. Yeah, he has. So whether they can continue that consistency and just like Toronto wanna, what did you do? Slay the slay the dragon? Is that yeah. what you said? Yeah. Whether San Jose want to come in and turn things upside down with Vegas. I don't think that they can. I think that Vegas will go through. I don't think it will be easy, but I think Vegas will go through. So Carlson return, I'm just reading now, uh, Carlson return for the regular season finale on Saturday after missing 27 of a previous 32 games. So he did play the final game of the season. Um, mm, oh, just I, I, That one I don't know. I, I would tend to even with the kind of hotter streak that he is on, I would still like to back Flurry and the Golden Knights, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But, but then San Jose, I mean, San Jose are built to win now. That was the whole thing with bringing in Carlson for the year. And, you know, Thornton's probably his final push or close to final push. And Patrick Kane, not Patrick Kane, what's his name? Evander Kane. Um yeah, I do. yeah, I I think in my bracket I'm going to go with the Knights, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way. San Jose. Interestingly, mm. with San Jose Sharks that Martin Jones is actually on a contract for oh, another yes. 3 4 years. Yes. Um and it's only 3 million. It's only 3 million. Only yeah. what? He's three only million. on 3 million. He's 29 years old. 3 million. Martin God, Jones. Oh, he's a cheap on me. And and he has actually got a Stanley Cup. Yeah. So how freaking ironic is this when you compare that to Pecorino, <laughs> Sergei Bobrovsky, and then Martin Jones, who currently has a save percentage of eight nine six, yeah. um, is on three million. 
and is tied into a contract for 2023-24. Incredible, yeah. isn't it? So there's something there's I I want to do this again at some point and this is probably be an off-season chat or maybe it's something that will come up in the playoffs but I I need to understand why goalies aren't paid more. Like Carry Price shouldn't be the outlier at 10 million because all of the talk, I mean all of the Leafs talk into this series hasn't been about Matthews, hasn't been about Tavares, hasn't been about Marner, it's been about Freddie Anderson. It, like, yeah. you know, if Freddie Anderson is fit and good and plays on the top of his game, then the Leafs stand the chance. That is what people are judging it on. And I've kind of come round to that that way of thinking that I think the Leafs stand a chance if Anderson is on top of his game and we get Rask on a bad few games. And I think that's the difference. So if they're the difference makers, why are they getting paid a fraction of the rest of them? Yeah. Why I is it Carey Price? A... Only, you know, I used to think of Carey Price's contract as, oh, ho, ho, that is bad. That is bad. Why would you pay a goaltender 10 million? Why would you pay you Bobrovsky to, uh... 10 million? Well, I think Garrett Sparks for a number of years. I don't think. I think don't he got pay him down. 10 million. <laughs> no. Garrett Sparks for a number of years had like some uh, goalie group that was on social media. It's definitely on Facebook mm. where goalies could unite, but you need to be mm. like head of the goalie union, don't you? I think uh, Garrett Sparks should be focusing on his game a little bit more. So that, I mean, you know, it's an interesting story that, not just as a, from a Leafs perspective, but. Um, people who don't follow the Leafs as religiously as we do may not know, but the Leafs backup goaltender Garrett Sparks, after a pretty poor, well, a pretty poor season really, but then a really bad back end to the season, has basically lost the backup job in his final game of the regular season, i.e. the final back-to-back, and has uh, lost his his place for the playoffs and the, the Leafs have recalled Michael Hutchinson from the AHL, um, a goalie who has played only a couple of games when the Leafs had a real goaltender injury crisis earlier on in the year. So just really interesting that they chose now and they they obviously just don't have the trust in Sparks that if Freddie, God forbid, gets hurt in the playoffs, then he's just not ready. And he himself came out in the media and said, I am going to go away and work ready for next year and I will be ready for next season. I mean, that's Jordan a, Binnington, get Jordan over. That's a goaltender, but you know that that's mad. That's a goaltender in a playoff team, in a team that has been seen as a contender at times this year, and who could foresee they could go on a long run in the playoffs. However much some of you might laugh at that, the Leafs could. It's not beyond you know possible mm. possibility. Um, but isn't that incredible that a backup goaltender for the entire year comes out on his final game for the team of the season and said. I'm not ready. I will be back next year. I mean, the honesty is is terrifying. <laughs> Do you know what the thing that Jordan Binnington and Garrett Sparks have in common? Well, there's not much in the way that they played this year, but go on. They were both drafted in 2011. Yeah, And so they're the same age. Yeah. So uh, Jordan was drafted in round three. Garrett was drafted in round seven. Mm. And Garrett is on six hundred and seventy-five thousand mm. pounds uh, for another year, and Jordan Binnington is on six hundred and fifty thousand pounds for mm-hmm. well finishes up very soon. Yeah. So there you go. You can see how well Garrett Sparks signed uh, a one-year extension, didn't he, or a one or two-year extension yeah. for like seven fifty, which you know, I mean, that goes into the AHL if you need it to. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's fascinating. And, and there, there is a thing with goaltenders. Bennington's kind of proven that a bit this year that, you know, they can develop later um, into NHL players. And I guess that's what the Leafs will be hoping with Sparks. But yeah, an interesting one there to change your backup goaltender so late in the year without any real preparation. Hutchison won't get any games now unless Freddie gets hurt. And then the next thing he'll be doing is playing in the playoffs, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but, you know, you compare that to some of the other teams like Dallas and like Boston and like uh, Calgary and teams like that who are quite happy riding two goaltenders into the playoffs. You know, Dallas, I know Ben Bishop and Hudobin have shared a lot of the time this season. Calgary, Riddich and Smith have been alternating. Rask and Halak also like to alternate as well. I know they'll probably go with Rask as the starter, but, 
you know, goaltending is such a key part of this game. And if you can get it right and if you can, you know, protect yourself that you're not just riding one horse into this playoff race, then, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it could come to save potentially a series for a team. Do you remember I started this podcast about giving you that question of what do you think the Leafs paid Nylander per goal this I, season? I was hoping if I just kept talking, Claire, you wouldn't have time to say it or you'd forget it. But go on. <laughs> do you want to have a guess? Oh, uh, it's... I ha- I. <laughs> I don't. I, I actually don't know. It's going to be a terrifyingly high amount. I'm going to argue it once you tell me the figure, but go on. I mean, this pretty much sounds like he's a Premier League footballer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 1.428 million. Right. Yeah. That's not per crazy. goal. No, it's not. It's very expensive. But 30 he's second, worth it. 30 second uh, answer back to that um, is that Leaf fans who are getting on Nylander at the moment. I think there's no doubt that all of the contract stuff affected his year that that has come out in the wash. And I don't think I think that's probably a lesson learned for both Nylander and Dubas, because let's let's remember that although Nylander has signed this contract for however many years, which is great for him and security for him. This is not the season that he would have wanted when he looked in ahead last year after that Boston series and imagined his season in front of him, this is not what he would have wanted, the contract negotiations or the second half of the season. So I think there's a kind of a narrative of, oh, well, Nylander's happy, he's got his money, he doesn't care. I don't buy that. And also from Dubas's point of view, he's probably learned that actually maybe the process that he went through with Nylander, you know, might have affected this year. The thing to remember for Leafs fans is look at the way that guy plays. He has not had much luck, and yes, he is not the perfect player, but remember, you are paying him 6.9 or whatever it is. That is not... You are not paying for the perfect NHL player with that salary. Compare it to others. You know, Matthews at 12-something, Tavares at 11, whatever those kind of figures, those are the ones you've got to be looking at and going, hey, we are paying for damn right near perfection with that kind of money. But 6.9, that is not perfection money. And you look at the potential of a player like Nylander and you look at the kind of close calls he's had this year. I I, I don't worry. I don't worry about it. But, you know, I think a lot is going to happen. You know, a lot is... The entire Leafs season, and this, I'm sure this is the case for so many other teams, and I'm sure there are people listening to this now going, yeah, this is exactly how I feel. Columbus probably feel this way as well. The entire Leafs season, whether it has been good or bad, is going to come round to the outcome of round one. I genuinely believe that. Mm. If the Leafs yeah. beat Boston, however they beat them, if the Leafs beat Boston, it's been a good season. If the Leafs lose to Boston, it's been a bad season. Yeah. And it, it's crazy. I'm sure Columbus feel the same. If, And it's even harder for Columbus because they're playing Tampa, who you could, you can almost have a pass and say, nah, well, you know, it was Tampa, tough luck. I don't know. I think for Columbus this year, success is winning that big first round matchup. And then anything that happens after that, that's a bonus. I think that's the case for the Leafs. I think if you can, if they can beat Boston, they can prove that they have moved on from last year and they got better, then you can all chalk everything down this year as part of the process as Carl Dubas. I'm sure we'll do regardless of the Boston result, but for fans anyway... For them, it's all on that result, which is why mm. I'm already getting anxious about this series. <sighs> well, if you let's just look at some of the people who didn't make it right. Things are happening at the moment. I'm just yeah. seeing, actually, as we've been recording this, uh, there's been a live press conference from Philadelphia Flyers, interim head coach Scott Gordon addressing the media, mm-hmm. um, saying that coaching is coaching. He likes being head coach. Um, but he, he, you know, he doesn't know, he hopes that he'll be back there, but he just goes in, you know, goes where the contract is and where the paycheck is and mm-hmm. recognizes there's always a chance that he might not go back. Um, so who knows what will happen there? Cause they've got a bit of a, where are we going forwards? Philadelphia flies, haven't they at the moment? They need to step up. Um, yeah. cause it's been floundering for a long time. Issues of season tickets, and just their kind of their culture has changed. The the league has changed. They need to change their culture. Elsewhere, I mean, it's hard to keep track of who's in and who's out. But 
you know, Florida Panthers announced only in the last couple of hours before we record them, which is always great when they do that, just before we record. Better before than um, just after, eh? <laughs> yeah. Like the Joel Quenville. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Joel Quenville is in. He is, I love this phrase, right? He is the second winningest coach <laughs> yeah, in NHL history. And did you see, <laughs> I don't know why they put this, but in one of the articles I read, it put what his... Um, Win, lose, whatever numbers are. Mm. Um, so this actually looks sounds like a phone number. <laughs> you know, like American phone numbers always that look good with threes and dashes. Yeah. So it's eight hundred and ninety. Yeah. Five hundred and thirty-two. Yeah. One hundred and thirty-seven. Uh, that's good, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is it's bloody a good. Ratio. Good. Well, interestingly, yeah. Pierre Lebrun has just tweeted uh, saying sources say. Uh, Quenville's deal in Florida is worth north of around $30 million over five years, depending on bonuses. So that makes around a $6 million plus a year. Uh, he was making $6 million a year in Chicago in his old deal. Um, and he goes on to say, this tells you how aggressive slash committed the Panthers are at making this offseason count. He goes on to say that the bonuses in the contract are tied to playoff success. So that's according to a source uh, that Pierre Lebrun has spoken to, um, which is very interesting because there was a, I think there was a lot of, you know, certainly from outside of Florida and seemingly inside, if you had a look at the attendances, but there was a lot of kind of, in Florida um, it was real like really poor end to the year nothing really going on there was rumblings of Bobrovsky and Panarin going there in the off season but I mean this this what a statement of intention and like has to be in the Atlantic division doesn't it I mean <laughs> yeah but the thing is right what Tampa Bay Lightning are proving right now is you've got another team who are out in Florida it's yeah. a hot place to live yeah. so it's attractive to to bring players in mm. but they're very very um the muddy waters with a lot of different types of sport so you're competing to get people's money season tickets yeah. against the other kind of key sports in that particular area but the fact that tampa bay lightning are really pushing forward and doing well 128 points compared to florida panthers 86 points mm. i think that that has probably raised the eyebrows and the bars for the management in florida panthers thinking well, hang on a sec. If these guys can do it, why can't we? Um, yeah. And I think that's where they're looking to them towards aspiration, um, because it it's, it is a different ball game when you kind of go to some of those teams in America. It's not like being in Canada where it's part of your culture; mm. it's the norm. You've got to work harder to keep the money coming in and get bums on seats in a competitive sport market. But it's so, like it's like people like watching good teams, Claire. I mean, you know. The Tampa Bay experiment has proven that. Play good hockey, play in entertaining hockey, get some stars in there, get a good coach, and people will come and watch. Like, that that's it. That's all you've got to do. And I think the worry in Florida was that they were seemingly, you know, they had Barkoff and uh, Luongo kind of, you know, he's, he's, his star is, is fading, sadly. But there wasn't much excitement around Florida they had a terrible season and now I guess there is a bit of excitement and as you said you know it's a it's a place that players will want to go because of the environment but also got to remember it's the same tax thing as Tampa are benefiting from mm, you know yes. tell me tell me another team or well there are others that have similar tax agreements but teams like Tampa and Vegas and Florida can use those tax advantages to build a team Exactly yeah. like Tampa have done. I don't know, but I've, I've heard this uh, on podcasts before, actually, where there are ways that other teams get around it. So, for of instance, course. like Elston Matthews in Arizona, it's a better tax deal for him, but then they get around it by doing the different bonuses. Yeah, don't they? And, the Leafs, so. and the Leafs have got, you know, a huge amount of money, endless amounts of money at their disposal, so they can front they? load... Have you, you know, seen that cap? Well, but, well, no, but in terms of they can front load contracts in terms of That's how true. much, you know, it's all in signing bonuses. So the players on July 1st get a massive paycheck and can invest their money and make it grow, you know, and advertising deals in Toronto are a huge part of it that's not part of the salary cap. So I get the fact that, you know, a, a zero tax state is not the only way of benefiting um, or the teams are the only way, the only ones that can benefit. However, it is definitely a thing. You look at 
Tampa Bay's cat-friendly page, and there are some contracts on there that you think, hmm, would that be signed in Montreal? I don't know. Or maybe even some of those other teams in the middle ground who don't have those huge markets, but also, you know, you've got to pay your taxes. So, uh, yeah, for potential of, uh, of a team to get success, you've got the makings of one. So, Quenville going there, that's big. That is big. It makes the Atlantic so- Division even harder. <laughs> Talking about... Um- Teams that don't always have all the blessings in their way. Yeah. Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> so Peter Shirelli, oh. that kind of ridiculous exit that happened earlier this season. What's this thing with Ken Hitchcock now then? So supposedly Ken Hitchcock is, and I'm trying to remember who the source is. And if you just give me a second, I will find it. Um, so Because I've not heard this yet. So this is new So Mark Spector who is a senior columnist for sportsnet.ca. Um, he tweeted uh, that there is going to be no president of hockey operations hired in Edmonton, just a GM. Okay, so they're getting rid of that idea. There is just going to be a GM, and that is from um, Bob Nicholson, who is kind of in charge of the Oilers at the moment since they got rid of Shirelli. Um, Bob Nicholson also said that Ken Hitchcock will be with the Oilers in some fashion moving forward, but his future as a coach will be up to the team's new GM. So Ken Hitchcock came in for a one-year contract or kind of the rest of the season uh, once they fought fired Todd McQuellen uh, and yeah I mean it's Edmonton so so hang on Keith Gretzky what's happening with him he's interim so he's the interim GM at the moment so he is still you know maybe going to be part of the process maybe part of the future whether he applies for the GM's job or not I don't know but he's going to potentially be part of it um He's not really done much in terms of headline stuff. He was, he did nothing at trade deadline. Um, they did nothing. And the the telling, terrifying thing for Edmonton fans, and I'm sure they don't need reminding of this, but to anyone else who doesn't follow the Edmonton Oilers, is if you go in search of Conor McDavid's final interview of the season um, or penultimate interview of the season, it was not good. I mean, he, he was visibly... Um, kind of um, upset at how the season had gone. He was saying how frustrated he was. He was not giving the normal kind of hockey players, well, you know, we've got to come back yeah, next year. Yeah, but work whatever. Harder. He's going to go to Slovakia or go play for Team Canada. It'll be fine. It's Conor McDavid, though. You can't. I mean, he's he is he is a player that has given the Edmonton Oilers far more credit than they deserve in terms of yeah, withholding his criticism, and he is um, he has always kind of just been a player that's turned up, done more than his job, and not really been rewarded. The fact he's not in the playoffs again is a travesty for NHL fans all over the place. Like we should be seeing Connor McDavid in the playoffs, and I'm sure he knows that, and I'm sure his agent knows that. And I just get the feeling that there is a little bit of a, you know, that that has that has started some kind of clock ticking for the Oilers to get this thing sorted. Because, you know, I mean, there's people throwing around McDavid trade rumours. I mean, him saying, giving them ultimatums and all this oh, kind of stuff. Oh, God. But I, you know, I just think, boo-hoo, get over it. Sorry, Tom, who's our Edmonton fan, but boo yeah. get over it. I mean, even Alex Ovechkin had to sit there and wait for years and years and years to get his moment. But I, so if, you, if your luck don't happen, your luck don't happen. Get over but it. But I don't, I don't think it is luck, season. though. I don't think it is luck. Edmonton have had luck in terms of their drafting and the players that they've got. And, you know, from all accounts, you look at it and Edmonton have mismanaged their assets and they've got themselves into this horrible mess where they've got, they're a team up against the cap ceiling. They've got no cap room. They've got contracts that go on for years and years and years of players who aren't really contributing. They've just signed a goaltender with hardly any NHL experience to a (laughs) $4.5 million deal, you know, in Miko Koskinen. And uh, there's... I, I I feel so sorry for Edmonton fans. I don't feel sorry for Edmonton Oilers as a club because I think they've they've done this to themselves. I think for fans, it must just be so frustrating that a talent like McDavid is being wasted. And for you know casual fans like me of other teams, I want to see McDavid in the playoffs. I want to see what he's like. And 
I don't know. I, I just think they are a real crossroads and I think it's almost getting to the point where they've got to get it right this time and then they can go on and push on and who knows what could happen. They've got Conor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl's had an incredible year. You know, mm. whatever, he's 50 goals. Incredible. But they... Conor McDavid, he's only 22. And I didn't realise he actually got injured in his last game, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did. Really? Yeah, it looked like he might have broken his leg, which thankfully it looks like he hasn't now. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's 22. I mean, look at Pecorino. He's 36. Yeah, but he's a goaltender, though. He's a goaltender in a year that's in a league that is focusing more and more on youth. And yeah, but look at options. Conor McDavid can pretty much go anywhere. Pecorino can't barely go anywhere. Sergei Proboski can't go anywhere, really. It's very limited on where what his options are. But if, David has the whole league open to him when it, his contract comes up. Well, when his contract comes up, but then I don't know. I, I don't, just I, I stop being I'm not giving I'm not joining this pity parade. I'm not I'm 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 uh, my pity is purely with the Edmonton Oilers fans who I think are being done a disservice. They've got a great arena. The organisation sorted that. They're not like all so many other NHL teams who are struggling for an arena, but they have they have got some incredible pieces, and they've just been you know the the rest of the league or the, sorry the rest of the roster, it's just garbage. Like it's awful. Like how are they oh, missing the playoffs with Conor McDavid? Actually, I just remembered that Conor McDavid is stuck there till twenty five, twenty six. Exactly. He? Forgot about that. A long hey, time. He won't be there. That 12, 12 and a half million pounds uh, dollars, that'll help though, won't it? I don't... I, no, I don't even think it would to someone like <laughs> anyway. Colin McDavid. I just don't think it would. I think a guy, the guy's been talked about one of the best players in the world and he can't even get a playoff round. Like, he's nuts. Well, we he all know who your bloody there. man crushes, don't we? I just... Yeah. yeah, I've gone on enough about him. But I just... Yeah, he won't be there in years to come if this is... He won't see out that contract if things carry on the same way. And I would imagine that the Oilers know that. And I guess that the ultimate pressure, they don't want to be the team that traded Gretzky and McDavid, do they? Like, you know, no one wants to be that team. No. Anyway. All right, well... But they're not, so in playoffs... they're not in it, so... We don't have to talk <laughs> <Yeah>. about them now. <laughs> playoffs start Wednesday. We're yeah. going to be covering the playoffs over the next few weeks and we're bringing in some of the co-hosts to help us so that we can cover because there's so many games to watch and there's oh, no also, way that the two of us can sorry, do this. Just or... quickly as well, um, you may or may not have seen, but Buffalo Sabres uh, yesterday got rid of their general manager, Jason Botterill. So, uh, sorry, no, they didn't. <laughs> sorry, Jason. I misread that tweet. Um, I should read the tweet in full from the Buffalo Sabres instead of sacking someone who isn't even sacked. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres general manager, Jason Botterill, has announced that head coach Phil Housley has been relieved of his duties. So there you go. So the coach has gone, <laughs> not the GM. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they've had an awful season as well. If there's awful one way season. that we summarise this year, last year was the year that no coaches were sacked. This year was the year that pretty much everyone was sacked. In fact, if you mm. weren't sacked, then who are you? Yeah, well done you. You've either made the playoffs or you've been sacked or you're part of a very elite group that have done neither, which is quite yeah. something. Bear in mind, you could even be like St. Louis, who sacked a, a uh, coach and then got to the playoffs. <laughs> it's just crazy, isn't it? Uh, right. If you haven't done the NHL bracket, make sure you do it. You've got a couple of days left to get it in. We've put on our Twitter page, at uh, NHL fans from afar, uh, the link to that. In fact, we need to retweet that so people can much easier hmm. um, so if you get that in time just add it onto our league um, and then also if you want to be part of our Slack group because there's going to be so many different things and we want to hear from lots of different teams so some of these matchups that we don't really know very much about the Nashville Dallas one why should we care um, Cal- Calgary Colorado we need to hear from some Calgary fans to balance out the shouting noise that is Stephen Edwards in our ear holes. <laughs> so please send us an email, nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com. And as I say, we're going to have a variety of different voices over the next few weeks um, to help us kind of cover the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to be a part of that, then just make sure you email us and uh, drop us your thoughts because it's going to be a busy few weeks. I'm actually quite enjoying the piece. It's I a real calm the, the storm, isn't it? 
Yeah, especially as Lee fans, because we've known kind of what's uh, there's not really been much riding on the last few games. So I've really taken this week as a kind of, you know, just take a breath, step away from it. Don't worry too much about missing games. You know how back when it used to go to the school disco when you were when you were young (laughs) and then like you used to spend ages like combing your hair one direction they comb the other you probably used to go and get the dicky bow and the braces out right yeah. the girls would get their pretty dresses you spend ages getting ready doing your hair yeah and then you arrived and everybody just stood around the outside waiting for the other ones <laughs> everyone else to dance first and the boys just skidded in the middle didn't they on their legs yeah. i feel like we're in that kind of zone right now we're waiting for the school disco to start and when it does it's gonna go off, man. Ah, oh, it's it's so good. It's the best time of year, and yeah, just enjoy it. Enjoy that moment every year when you start watching a playoff game and go, "Oh yeah, I remember playoff hockey's different." Like it's ah, uh, it's it's so much fun, and I just hope for yeah, all your sakes as NHL fans from afar, you get uh, you know, good amount of playoffs to watch. Unless you're a Bruins fan, of course, and I hope it's a very short postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, just enjoy it. It's the best time of year. You build up eighty-two games to this. Like, enjoy the fact you're there. And yeah, who's uh... so? I guess all right, Claire. So we've been asking our guests every time that they come on all year, which I realise is such a harsh thing to do to the guys right at the beginning, and became an easier and easier task. On the eve of the playoffs, you know how we might like to make bad predictions in this uh, in this crazy podcast that we do. Um, I am going to ask you. Who is going to make the Eastern Conference? Uh, who's going to emerge from the Eastern Conference and who's going to emerge from the Western Conference? I think in my more sensible bracket challenge... This is I if did... you were putting money on it, OK? I will put Washington Capitals and Nashville Predators. Wow. So you're saying Washington beat Tampa? Yes. <laughs> Wow, okay, so we need to mark this down somewhere. You're saying Washington... Well, it's in a bracket. (laughs) What can I say? It's in a bracket. With 25 goals scored in the Stanley Cup final. I'm putting this out on a tweet on our Twitter account as well, so it's (laughs) on the internet forever. Uh, And what are you saying? Hang on. Claire says Washington (laughs) versus... Nashville. Nash. Okay, Stanley Cup final. And who are you saying wins that? Caps. caps caps win it two years running yeah Man, i just think there's something hater, in that. that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> you're gonna be so miserable <laughs> uh it's just where you make up some absolute ball poo and say that toronto is gonna win it's gonna no, be a I'm, canadian I, match up and no so so i'm going with what you said and that i'm not letting my heart dictate my bracket if that's a <laughs> saying um, it is now. Um, and I'm going to go with the fact that if Toronto win the Stanley Cup, I'm not going to give a damn about my NHL bracket. I'm just going to be <laughs> on cloud nine permanently. So I'm going with you on that one. So I'm not going to say Toronto win it because I don't think I would put money on it. Um, I am going to say Tampa are in right. the final. I think they uh, not only that, but I think they are also then going to go and win it. I think they're going to defy all of those odds that everyone keeps saying that the president's team doesn't win. I think they're going to win. Um, Against who in the West? I am going to say, and this is the team that I've backed all the way through the year, I think it's going to be Calgary. And I think that is going to be the series of a lifetime. Okay. Right, so what's the prize here? Like, if we... if. If I we, get it we, right, a week off the podcast next year. <laughs> <laughs> I, right, I, if we go out, we go out for a meal, and I have to buy it. And in, if right. you, if yeah. you right. end of season meal, we will. Uh, yeah, the winner, the winner pays. And pays if, it all. And if nobody wins, then it's we split it. <laughs> right. Done. All Deal. Right. Okay. Done. Right. <laughs> oh well. Right. I'll look forward to paying that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's fine because, frankly, if Toronto win, we won't give hey, two craps. If Toronto win, you and me are both going to be on a plane to Toronto, and we're going to be street partying our way through the whole entire summer. We're going to give a monkeys about that. We're both going to have to quit our jobs. If we'd be like a Vetchkin drinking, I don't know, Lambrini out of paper cups, that will be our equivalent. I okay. imagine. So we're going to. We should end the podcast now, and I'm going to end it on this moment here. Have you got anything else to say? I don't have anything sensible to say. All right, great. So I'm going to do this for me and Claire as Leaf fans, but 
anybody can do this listening. You've just got to change the word Toronto to your own team. All right. Just take while you're listening to this, just take 10 seconds out of your day right now. Stop what you're doing, unless you're driving, obviously, to stop what you're doing and just think about how you will feel if your team, for us anyway, the Toronto Maple Leafs, would win the Stanley Cup. How would you feel? Because I don't think I can be held responsible for my actions. <laughs> Toronto win the Stanley Cup. I'm going to give myself, once we hit stop on this record, I'm going to give myself 10 seconds to think about that and it's going to keep a smile on my face for the whole entire evening. <laughs>